So I sing hymns at my house pretty much twenty four seven. Yeah, do y'all do this. I experienced this this week. But the reason that I do sing um, hymns all the time in my house is first because I'm a Christian, <sighs> and then secondly, one of the great joys of my life is I'll start singing a hymn, and then I'll hear from like the other room, Rowan, jump in. Mm-hmm. There are a few things mm-hmm. that bless my soul. Like I was singing, um, "Glorify Thy Name." Yeah. And uh, in singing Glorify Thy Name, uh, I hear Rowan jump in with uh, Spirit, We Love You. And I'm like, my girl. Hmm. We should I sing, sing the original Psalms. That's all I sing. No, you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. I try to avoid all contemporary music. My guy's a strict <laughs> psalmist only. Shout out. I've decoded all the original tunes and everything. Oh, like the way they originally sang them in Israel? Mm-hmm. You sing it in Hebrew? <laughs> you sing it in Hebrew? You've heard of the Da Vinci no, no, Code, but have you heard of the Davidic Code? Are you going to no, own this? Got music notes. You sing it in Hebrew. You get that <sighs> deep back in your throat sound. <sighs> no, stop. I mean, that's not even a Too word. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Welcome to Project Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow. And with me today, I have Blake McCullough and Don Terrell. So, Don, what are we doing today? Right. No, I did it backwards. So today, what are we doing today? Today, we will discuss the title of today's episode is, We're Back! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fitting, you know? Yeah. I mean, there is, there is a reality to this reality mm. that we are three real people. Yeah. Who have real life, real lives, real responsibilities, vacations, <laughs> yeah, what, conventions. So, so the people that are tuning in, they're probably surprised that we're back. Because we have some of the listeners that don't keep up. And then we do have listeners that do. I would imagine if you're a listener that you do keep up every Friday or close to our drop. Yeah. You've probably been wondering because there's not been a lot of explanations on the socials on like what we've been doing. <laughs> So what was it? Doing the things. What was the first thing? You were not away on business. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Early May. I went to Chicago. Yeah. And then Lawson went to Branson. True. Oh, it's a lake of the hills. Did you go to a lake? Tabletop lake. Tabletop, right? Tabletop lake. Yep. Charles, that's in Branson, yeah? It's like technically like outside of Branson. Did you get on the water? No. What did you do while you were there? I took my daughter to the pool. Oh, yeah? The same thing I do at home, actually. Was there like a condo? But y'all did a Q&A episode, yeah? Well, that's yeah. a Q&A. Was that the last one? I think that's the last one. Oh, well. Well, it was a long time ago. And that then, was when you were in Chicago, I guess. Yeah. And then I leave. I'll be gone next week. Really? But yeah. Then we went to the convention. Yeah. Let me have my moment out of town. Sorry, yeah, we, Blake went to the convention alone, and 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 I get and I and I'll be out of town next week. Where are you going next week? Going to the Bahamas, the Lost City. Seriously, going to Atlantis. Atlantis. Get out of here. No, I'm serious. I went, Dad. So here's the deal. Dad you didn't took know? Dad took us on the when calendar. I was, 
No, it's it? not. No. It's that took not. me. Rusty. Yeah, when I was like 10. Rusty. Right, so it was, it was, this is Rusty's monologue. So it was right, right before I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And my nephew is the exact age that I was when I went and I loved it. And so dad was like, well, I'm sure if you loved it then, mm. he'll love it. Because there's water slots and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. But we're going to do this excursion thing where you go to one of the like small islands and you swim with pigs. Yeah, actually, for real. Yeah, and you're, in, in, you're in international waters, so there's no age on the casino either. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's why you really loved it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's actually <laughs> full gave of him a year old Lawson. <laughs> we, we talked about this privately. You put your money in here and yeah. you just pull this hand. We talked about this privately one Sorry, time. Sorry, it was all a joke. Let's all have our belief. But, but like, the thing that I hate most about going to like resorts like that mm-hmm. is they make you walk through the casino to get anywhere. Yeah. Like, I get why. Like, I understand. It's good the, business practice. Yeah, it's a great business practice. Yeah. It's it's wrong. But but it's like, you have to walk through it. And, and the only place they permit you to smoke is in the casino. casino. You think they're still letting people smoke there? They in the were casino? in 2000. I, I went in 2014 and they were still doing I it. I went on a cruise in like 2016 and they were still doing it. Wow. I can't think of anything worse than being on a cruise. I actually like them. Yeah, yeah here you I'm are a on a boat. Maybe I don't want to be on a boat. Stop that. Okay. So, yeah, we're back for a week. We'll be gone. Y'all can record them without me if you want to. Uh, we've kind of shifted our thinking around this whole podcast. <laughs> the way we sit is the appropriate offense that we use to run the show. Which is attacking me. No, like you're the point guard. We're, we're standing the in the corner. You don't understand, but right. we're the corner guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't do I don't do. And the minute the point guard isn't here. <laughs> you dish it to us. If yeah. there's no one to dish to us, then we'll just sit here in silence. Right. I would actually... But you won't be here I think Sunday you should either. Do, he won't I, be here Sunday. Yeah, I'll be this here. This Sunday. No, I'll, no, be here. I'll be here this Sunday. I won't be here next, next Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And then I'll be gone. Blake gets, Blake's the week of the have a good time the next two weeks. I'll be gone the week of the fourth. You're leaving like right as he gets back. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we'll see you again in August. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only one that's having a meltdown right now is Charles. He's literally nah, bro. I've angry. gotten a couple of hey, text it'll give him plenty of time real. to figure out what in the world is possessing Who was it? our what do you sound think that system. Somebody Seriously. grabbed me the other day and they were like, "Dude, my mom's mad." And I was like, "What do you mean your mom's mad?" So today, where Protestant Grace lives, is Wednesday, June twenty first. This episode will drop on June twenty third. So we're saying you're not going to be here next. When do you leave? Oh. Yeah, we can, oh, I, we yeah, can record, yeah, we can early record next, next week. week. I leave. I love this meeting that we're having. <laughs> right, this is weird. I leave on the 28th, so we could do it on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, we oh, can do that. All right, okay. so we should have an episode on the 30th. Lord we willing. won't have an episode the week of the 4th. Is that what we're saying? I mean, I'll be back on. Um, it would I think just be I, me and I think I come. And no, I think I, I come back on. La La. PG. La La guy. I come back on uh, Tuesday. The 4th? Yeah. We could do we could do a birthday podcast. I'll be gone that week. I leave on the third. I won't be back till the ninth. So the next time I record, my daughter turns be, five on the third. Hey, happy be the rule. And then I turn thirty three on the sixth. All right, so we're back. What are you doing for my birthday? Is the real question. I don't know. How old are you? He's going to be in I'll another be 33. city. Thirty three. Yeah, I'll be. I don't even know how old. You'll be, be forty three. I'm exactly in between. Huh? Yeah, I'm exactly ten years in between you and Bailey. <laughs> Bailey got offended the other day because I was like, "How old are y'all?" 
Like, what do you? And he's, you're my dad. And I'm like, bro, this is real. Yeah, like, we don't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even after, know how old at, I am. Yeah, after two. Like, I'm. I'm like after thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. I got lost in the twenties. I went no, like no, a whole I'm talking month about thinking I was children. older. Oh, thinking I was older than I was. I got a whole year Beth, of my life. Beth back. yesterday was washing dishes, and she and I said, "Yeah, I turned thirty-three." And she said, "You know, I used to be really afraid of thirty, and now that I'm here, it's fine." I said, "Babe, you're thirty-two. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh man." <laughs> anyway, uh, so in the expanse of our vacancy. You guys went to the SBC. We did. Mm-hmm. And we preached with almost the whole book of Jude. Yeah. How many more Sundays do you think you got in Jude? I think five, maybe five? six. Six? Depends on how many verses I take this week. Yeah, it does. It, it, I, I can answer that question better after Blake preaches the next two weeks. <laughs> You're preaching the next two weeks? Mm-hmm. Hey. I know you like the Adopted. flow. Adopted. Well, it just worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Providence. Last week was my week, and I told Lawson no. I'm and I'm really glad he needed it. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had I had a great time on Sunday. I had a great time on Saturday on Friday and Saturday. How honest do you want to be on this podcast? Let's, let's be I'm, honest. I I I like to be honest, even if it's at your expense. <laughs> <laughs> so Lawson, sure, so Lawson. So you guys went to the SBC, and in fitting fashion, that's good. People like it when you alliterate. You guys left early. <laughs> we did uh, and you were not charged for the room we were not charged record, for the room let the record reflect yep we were not charged for the room we we checked out but you guys 30 like, minutes early like, I come up the Blake and I'm like Blake <laughs> he got you he I'm did. a winner bro he got me like he, he got me he literally no matter like it, like somehow you'll leave Atlantis I, I can't I can't she's gonna charter a plane yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah, somehow yeah. like one of those planes that lands on water is just gonna stop that would be the awesome that would wait, take his carry wait on. he just rented a parasail what's he trying <laughs> he unhooks himself he's like got the Flying wind on the way home yeah I do love to be home I did come home early. We were done with everything of substance. And so it was like, I just want out. We were, we were, we, we missed one session, which turned out to be pretty important. What was we that didn't one? Know, where they amended the Baptist faith and message. Right. And we weren't there. <laughs> but I mean, nobody knew that was going to happen. Was, and, yeah, that and was it a big surprise. It, it should not have been able to happen. Full yeah, this what did well. they amend? They, they changed the word pastor to pastor, elder, overseer. Like bishop. with slash. Yeah, bishop with yeah. slashes. So, so not against, but it is scary yeah, like that I you can change the Baptist yeah. message like that that it's easily. Like, it's like I agree with the change. I don't agree with how easy it was to change. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, think about it. Somebody could be like, "Oh, we're going to take out the phrase for men only." We would like to take out the phrase for men only. Yeah, you would have to pass hand. by two thirds vote, and I don't think it would. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I'm yeah. just saying it shouldn't be that easy. So, baby's first SBC. I appreciated that. The I was on social a, media. I was just on a tear of trying to take bad pictures of Lawson. But I really wanted to get the one of him lifting his ballot because that's iconic. That's iconic. It's iconic. Uh, uh, Carver was like. It was such a worthless vote, too. Like, it was something like, do you like the language of this resolution or something? And he's like. <laughs> no, it was the. He min- it it was the that no, that, the picture wasn't that. Because right. it was when we were sitting with well, Kyle. It's in my brain, it's going to always be. Oh, you're wrong. I don't care. <laughs> That was our so Lawson segment. Is there a, is there I got like more. a so bl- Well, I mean. Oh, yeah. Blake's mad at me for telling him that I hated him. And I did a number of times. That's real. So here's the deal. No. I, 
and I just want to go ahead and say this because I've said it about Lawson. I just want to say it to him so that I'm not uh, talking behind not his back. Not being inconsistent. <laughs> so Lawson's not the person that you want to go to a city known for their food with. Accurate. Because this man is like. But I would be. But but if I but if I had hold on hold on. But if I had it my way, we would be eating dinner at four thirty, and yeah, we'd be the right. first ones in line. Yeah, and it would be great. So this brother, okay, we're in a city. Mm-hmm. That is actually infiltrated with eighteen thousand people. For those that don't know, New Orleans, who don't live there, who are there with us, eighteen thousand extra people. Okay, and we're going to restaurants, right? And and naturally, there are lines. Mm-hmm. And Lawson looks at me and he said, "I don't wait for food." <laughs> no, that's real. I don't. And that's I, not I said, happening. The fact that there's a line is a good sign. Don't care if there wasn't a line, we wouldn't eat there. Because, like, there's 18,000 extra people here. Mm-hmm. So we go to this restaurant. looks great. looks, I mean, looks legit. It doesn't. But there's a line. Mm. He's like, I'm not waiting. We, <laughs> we, we went to You know who Emeril is? This is an inappropriate picture, and you're not giving the full, the full picture. This not, there's a context here. So as we're waiting, there's 14 homeless people <laughs> strung out on drugs next to us. Yeah. Then on the left, well, there's, in New Orleans. Then on the left, there's 15 garbage cans stacked up. It smells horrendous. That's just horrendous. Scene, that's just scenery, bro. Yes, yeah. I don't want to be there anyway. We're we're in Emerald's restaurant. You ever heard of Emerald? Yeah, like the bang guy, Emerald Lagasse. Was he bang or bang? Bam? Bam. I don't know. Anyway, we're we're in Emerald's restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's 4:55, mm-hmm. really close to Lawson's dinner time. Sadly, they don't open till five. Mm. And instead of waiting <laughs> for five, <laughs> that wasn't because of me. That was because someone said it was going to be too pricey. That was literally the reason why I didn't stay. Hey, hey remember this podcast? <laughs> Narrative. <laughs> Repeat after me. Narrative. So we went and ate dinner in a in a restaurant in a hotel lobby. Not our hotel lobby. Just a random hotel lobby. Gross. It was good. It was fine. <laughs> we get the Marriott. <laughs> And then the one place that we did get to go to that was recommended to us, Mothers. Oh, this hurt. This hurt. We went there for breakfast. We did wait in line. They're the po' boy place. Yes. Well, but they also have, they're known for their their breakfast too. So you have to wait in line. I mean, you got to. Lawson's like trying to get out of line. He's like, why don't we just go get a pastry at the coffee shop? I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, we're going to wait here. We wait there. We order our biscuits. Egg, cheese, Lawson gets sausage, Blake gets ham. Mm-hmm. No meat on the biscuits. We got it to go. We pull up to the coffee shop, pull out our biscuits. No. They were really good. What was amazing is they how just good they still cheese. were. Yeah, it, they were they still were just so good. Cheese, but they were really <laughs> no good. meat. And so what if they just put the meat on it and you just got the dripping so they took it off? He had the bag and I was like, did they put it separate down there? <laughs> it's like a piece of ham just chilling down there. <laughs> Uh, but I had a great time. What was the sleeping arrangements like? Obviously, separate beds. We know this, but was there any? <laughs> I mean, the people want to know: is there any fodder there? Blake snores. Okay, so we walk in the hotel room. Right. This, I don't know where I'm sleeping because this brother is la- <laughs> laying across one bed and got his bags on another bed. <laughs> I'm like, am I kick like you're on a trip with dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go That's sleep in I the shower. Like, I don't. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your room. <laughs> Push the two queens together. I saw a nice I'll couch in the lobby. 
Yeah, this is comedy. Oh, man. Uh, uh, no, it was fun. So one we night didn't I, sleep enough. It didn't matter. Yeah. We slept for like five something hours. Yeah, both nights. One uh, night I got into a wall debate. Wall to wall. On, oh yes. One night I got into a debate on Twitter. Twitter then, Space is where you talk. Yeah, there was a. And he was on there. there. Yes, and yeah. it was like eleven forty-five, and he's out here talking about the, talking Can to I this dude about reformed theology, and I'm like, bro, that's what I do every night. I, slap I need bone to wind down, hand. man. I told look, Blake. Blake looked at me. He was like. What are you doing? And I said, <laughs> I said, Blake, this is what I do every night. Like I could not live like, this with is, this. That's literally what I do every Bless night. Bless you, Beth. It's normally not a. <laughs> she goes to bed. Like, <laughs> she goes to bed like nine before I do. It's so real. Like they're married yeah. up until eight p.m. <laughs> she, she goes, she goes yeah, to bed. That's real. So at nine o'clock, I go in and I'll and I, I normally get into a <laughs> Twitter space rolling. or a Discord He's chat. Just looking for meat. <laughs> just who's next? I'm just learn. trying to read, man. I want to learn. I want to help them learn. Well, that dude needed to learn. Imagine the pulpit. He voice, was a Unitarian. But he's yelling it into his phone instead. <laughs> Jack Vernon had his, in his pajamas. Somebody in the room next to you is banging on the wall. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> You're like, yes. <laughs> but what's funny, but, Pass a resolution uh, the next day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do we all concur that sometimes she should have been a decent hour? are filled with so much dumb. Every yes, so bro, often, dumb's gonna dumb. I know all the dumb, but I don't know. I just I went. I got. I went in the Twitter space, and I instantly heard what was happening. I was like, "No, I can't uh, so he this. like raised his hand. He's like, "I gotta say something. <laughs> I can't let this slide." <laughs> like, dude, can I'm we go to bed? I'm a messenger. <laughs> I've I also, got a message. I also, <laughs> went to, I also went to the mic, but the question was, "Yes, called. he did. He got yeah. so jazzed because he wanted to give his two cents about this." Okay. 18,000 people in the room. Like, I don't think you, he realized how scary it was going to be when he got up to it. Cause did you say that? Did you say that? Yeah. That you were like, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of, I wish I would have written what yeah, I was going to say, but I knew exactly he what didn't I was get a chance. Say. He didn't get a chance to talk. Yeah, I, I sat there and waited. You got to be more prepared. Yeah. I sat there and waited and the guy was like, you're not going to get to speak. And I was like, all right. Someone all right, called so. the question. Yeah. So what do you mean? Somebody called the question. So if in the middle of debate, if someone calls the question, is basically like, let's quit talking about this and vote on it. Mm. And then you have to vote on the call of the question. And if two-thirds, I think it's two-thirds or simple yeah. majority, says we can go ahead and vote, then you'll vote the without any stops. more conversation. Huh. And someone had done that on this instead of prolonging and it. And you were walking up to add. I was, so the guy, there was this bald guy that everyone's, uh, all the all the egalitarians love right now. And he got up there and said, let's please not split the SBC over women pastors. That was, that was, for lack of better terms, what he said. More or less. Yeah. So, and, and he used the <clears> phrase, <throat> he used the phrase, and this is this is a, a triggering phrase for me at this point, which is the world is watching. Austin oh. hates that. And so help me if I hear the world is watching right. again. So I had, I, I was going to say. They need to think high. I, liter- I literally, like, I, in my mind, I had planned, I do not need three minutes. I need 30 <laughs> seconds. And the 30 seconds. so se- proud of himself. What? No, that, that was going to be your opening. That was his opening monologue. Line. He but was going to forget to say, my name is Lawson Harlow. A hundred percent. I was going to forget that. But the whole thing is like every time, every time a Baptist, every time a Southern Baptist says the world is watching, I'm like, so are we going to show them that we fear them or fear God? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know which one we're doing here. That's what you were going to say. That's what I was going to say. I like it. Thank you. It would have been, it would have been nice. So were there things, so obviously the, the time spent, Sure, sure, sure. It's good. It's good. Lots of steps. 
Were there things? Yeah. Got we've to heard see, about got your to food. see a lot of people that I love. We've heard about all the superficial things, your food, all the things that make you laugh. Anything that you were <clears throat> encouraged or discouraged by? I felt like we just took W's <clears throat> the whole week. Yeah? Yeah, except for the except for the sermon. Here's the, what... Uh, no, you go ahead. Sermon, you're going to be more sermon? balanced than me. I'll tell you the first thing I was encouraged by. Okay. Lawson got bit by the bug. The SBC bug. Oh, yeah. Lawson got bit by W's. Okay, but listen. I think that there is a sense in which, if you haven't seen it up close, you feel disconnected. Mm. And now, I think, from our conversation, Lawson feels more ownership. To the point where he's like, we got to go next year and make sure that this happens. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, the only thing that I would say to that is if my, my, my fear is, not fear, but, but three years ago, if I'd have went, I'd have come back and said, we're done. Sure. And so, like, that's where, that's where like, I'm grateful that I went this year, primarily yeah. because, like, I think what we saw this year was um, more, plat- more, more people, less platform. Yeah. And I'd say what that's one thing I'm that? encouraged by is that the kind of, you could say old guard, you could say like mega church, yeah. like the people who kind of have the big pants and just like mm-hmm. make moves and stuff. That and, feels, and bully. I think bully yeah, from that the feels less yeah. real. I mean, like you got the president of the SBC pastors a church just a little bit bigger than ours. Yeah. You've got like a lot of normative size pastors and people uh, like, people from normative sized churches like doing things that are important, making decisions. Like that feels more authentically more it feels like a better way forward than like the people who have ten thousand church members mm-hmm. kind of leading the way. Yeah. Um so I was encouraged by that. I think there was even we we one thing we talked about was the one thing that felt out of place was the, the merit motion, motion the merit motion where all five or just five previous SBC presidents were kind of standing together in the camera shot as one made a motion to figure out what it means to be closely aligned to the Baptist faith and message. And that was the only thing that felt weird, which was cool because that means that all of these other just kind of your run of the mill pastors and people from run of the mill churches were seemingly doing the business of the convention, which was cool. Yeah. Every, every I think everybody in the room felt the oddity of that moment. Yeah. It was like, what's, what are they doing? Like there's a, there's a, there was a spirit of the room that was intri- that was instantly conflicting with what they were doing. And I guess I'm not following you. What do you yeah. Mean? So there was a motion at the very end of the day that was, like I said, I, when I say that I went and it was W's, I mean like literally every vote went the way I wanted it to minus one that the one that didn't go the way I wanted it to was a, really a non-issue. Like I wasn't up in arms about it. It was just like an opinion. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think I had two good options. It, it was irrelevant. So, but the but the merit motion, which he's clarified on Twitter, um, to his own shame, in my view, um, it, he's he is essentially the way that I felt like that day went is that day went like the SBC threw a massive punch to um, to the egalitarians or like the weaker, more more liberal. I'm not, I don't I refuse to use the word complementarian. The egalitarians in the room just got I mean it was just like a a blow dealt to them. Mm-hmm. And what I felt like those men were doing, the merit motion, they were trying to lessen the blow. 
It's like, Mm-mm, don't lessen the blow. Let it, let the full force of it go through. And, um, and, and I, th- and I really do think that that was, I think the, I mean, obviously the majority of the room, 9,000 to 1,000 was pretty loud. And so every, like you could almost feel the, the air get sucked out of the room when mm-hmm. they walked up to the mic, because <clears throat> I do think that what's te- like, when I say less platform, more people, I think it's safe to say, aside from like sermons that were given from the platform, there was more speaking from the floor than there was the platform. Or at bare minimum, more balanced than it's ever been. Well, we, we skipped more one of the sessions where the platform would have spoken exist. a lot. Well, that was, those were reports from... Yeah, yeah, but I, I think that is part of the platform. Is no, I, under, I understand, but I'm saying heads. in regard to actual motions being passed and things like that. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think two years ago, Mike Law would have not been permitted to speak. Um, That's possible. I mean, I think he might have been permitted to speak, but the spirit of the room, I was there two years ago, was very... It was loud. The people were loud in the sense that, like, they booed and, or like voiced their displeasure. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought that the the convention was very well run, and there was a yeah. very kind spirit from the from Bart Barber. Like he was, you know, he he obviously disagreed with with some things that were said, and he was still calling these people brother or sister, and he was. You know, just showing a kindness that I think is is representative of someone who is filled with the Spirit of Christ. You know what I mean? Which yeah, I didn't yeah, I think agree. was always the case over the past few years. I thought that there was kind of some some like sarcasm and and maybe even like arrogance. Yeah, there, yeah, I agree. Um, and so, and then I think the only like negative thing that I really as far as the actual convention go that I really was concerned about was the convention sermon that was, was kind of, ugh. it was just a, it wasn't a sermon. It was yeah, a, I watched some clips on it. It ugly. was like a, felt like a campaign yeah, speech. Are we going to let people lead us who do more posting? Who, who, who tweet more than they pray what was funny, who post more than they pray what was funny is uh, a girl on Twitter took all of the former presidents mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so compared them to who they lost, who they won against, mm-hmm. and all of them had exponentially more tweets than the guy right. that lost. <laughs> so his insinuation was actually... Proven false. And, and true so to the answer, his Yeah, the answer is like, camp. yes. Yes, we will. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but And yeah. I think even more... I thought that a lot of people in the room were thinking the way we were thinking. Yeah. And I think probably the more discouraging thing is like going back now and seeing people online talk about how important it was and how helpful it was for him to say those things. It's very strange. And yeah, that was weird. Uh, And just, uh, I don't know. It just feels like a bad example. Like I wish a convention sermon was just a good example of a sermon in general, which historically they haven't always been right. Like we, I'm not upset by W a Chriswell basically using that pulpit to, to live or die to further his viewpoint Mm -hmm. because I agree with him. And so I kind of wonder, I, you know, ask those questions myself. Like, Am I upset because I disagree with him or because I think he's misusing the pulpit uh, or just because I think this whole situation is set up to basically encourage people to misuse the pulpit because I think that's happened yeah. a lot over the past several years. Yeah, I think the um, the thing that frustrates me is we took a text like Revelation 5. <laughs> yeah. And we took a text like Revelation 5 and we decided instead of expositing it, 
which would have been a great benefit to everyone in the room, it was, I'm going to take Revelation 5 and I'm going to drag it through the mud. Mm-hmm. That's what I actually felt like was taking place. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the time men who get the opportunity to do that are clouded by grandeur. Possible. And so like they're, they want the W.A. Chriswell moment. The, yeah. the, the, the defining sermon of a, of a period of time. And it's like, hey man, maybe just get up there and preach the Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that like, that to me, like, it, it, and I actually don't understand um, the confidence that someone can have walking into a pulpit the way that this guy did and spouting off things that are just, that, that, are, that are in essence quarrelsome and combative as opposed to, <clears throat> like, why not just pick a text that says, don't be quarrelsome? Like, I mean, seriously, like, a, like just pick a different text. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I, I think the whole purpose was I want to I wanna wage warfare from this pulpit. And I think that's, that's just an ugly, an ugly thing to spirit. do. Yeah, it's a bad spirit. Anything that, um, any assumptions proven true or proven false that you went with beforehand? Um, assumptions <laughs> proven true. I told Blake... When we got there, I said, here's how I guess the vote goes. I was wrong about one. I was right about two. Uh, that we disfellowship the churches. No, I was right about one, wrong about two. Um, that we disfellowship the churches that were set forth, which I was grateful for. I did not guess that it would be as loud as it was. Yeah. Um, 9,000 to 1,000 was more than I expected. I, 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 I was certain that they were going to be disfellowshipped. Well, it was actually less than 1,000, I think, on... The, both the first yeah. two churches and Saddleback, I guess people the non Saddleback yeah. churches, yeah. yeah. And then I was wrong about, I was right about who was going to get president, so I was right about two. And um, you didn't think the law, I didn't would think pass, the law amendment would pass, and it passed. And I'm really grateful for that. I, I didn't expect it to pass. I'm grateful it passed. We'll see what happens in Indianapolis. What was the law amendment? The law amendment essentially made it where you could not be in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Church if you are actively employing a woman in the role of pastor. Mm-hmm. Juan Sanchez made an amendment to it that changed it from a negative statement to a positive statement, but essentially saying the exact same thing. Only employs men as pastors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and how so, can you take um, this you know, big ticket conventionalism, denominationalism, involvement, all of that, right? Because it's <clears throat> essentially... It'll take place again in Indianapolis. Yeah. I'm hearing it's the Mike Law Amendment has to pass again. We're budgeting for it. Yeah. We're going to stay in friendly cooperation. Yeah. Uh, Means that we'll give money to the denomination to qualify. I still have, I mean, some of my. Let me finish my question. Okay, I'm sorry. How do you take all of that and you apply it in the daily life of the local church? at a local association level, maybe even state level. Is there anything that you do there or is it just be faithful to the ordinary means of grace and we'll see you again in Indy? There's there's nothing that changes about our general practice in my view. Yeah, I think the convention actually re, reinvigorated for me comes kind of that associationalism because we spend a lot we got to spend a lot of time with other men from our association. Um and from our state, but really more from our association. And it was kind of a reminder that there are people that we know and can see sure. who are, I mean, in one sense, like benefiting currently or will benefit in the next two years from our dollars, like from our convention dollars for 
planting and stuff mm. and um and then also just like being voices knowing that there are other voices saying the same thing around our area was an encouragement to me yeah i would i would i echo that I, my i have concerns like I, I, a couple things i said before we went there's two there's two or three um entities of the sbc that if they burn to the ground tomorrow the world would be a better place i stand by that um can we guess what they are sure i already know because i heard about it erlc yes did i say that right yeah. yeah and nam and lifeway oh lifeway yeah but Not the thing NAM, about lifeway, lifeway is <clears throat> i could it's be wrong about this i don't think that any of our dollars go to lifeway Mm-mm. lifeway that, that, is a self yeah, and self that that may be the case. Self supporting, but back in the day, those, it used to be like the Sunday school board or whatever. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think They're now it's self supporting. I'm not I'm not positive on that, but I think yeah, I think you're right. Well, those those two entities though, like like if, sincerely, if if, if you're going to disaffiliate churches, you ought to if Mike Laws disaffiliate. If Mike life. Laws amendment passes in Indianapolis, Nam has to go back to the drawing board. Like I don't see how it can't, considering the fact that they're actively planning churches that have female pastors. Yeah, but I I don't necessarily think it. that's yeah, I think that's uh oversight. Like I don't think that that is like we're okay with it as much as I think that it's like we're just trying to plant a bunch of churches, and so we're not checking up on all. Well, that. I mean, again, one of the questions there was that Nam was ha- Nam is actively having trainings at Saddleback. No, at, at a Saddleback planted church that has a female pastor. Forgive me, that's actively happening, and so yeah. and so that being the case, it's like we can call it oversight, but it's what it what it is. It's blind oversight. They're just Fair. covering their eyes or holding their nose. My thing, my fear is that they don't even have to hold their nose because this does not really an odor to them. But the basic premise for me is like I think those entities need to go back to the drawing board. I think I, to be real honest with you, like I hear I hear the concept of NAM, but I still think an associational level thing is the better option. Yeah. Um, and so you know, but then then you have International Mission Board, which I've heard testimony from a from a trustee that that I trust greatly. It's like no, they're 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 doing good work here, mm-hmm. and so. That being the case, I've got well, some I've got some confidence there. I was actually going to say that was one of the encouraging things to me was kind of seeing all of the people that the monies are sending out. Yeah, sure. I mean, they, we probably spent an hour hearing from like hearing their names, most of their names, hearing, seeing their faces, watching, hearing where they're going and how they got yeah. to the point where they're going there. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Is the SBC back? You know, let me let me let me quote. I'm going to quote Dever here. Is that fair? <laughs> So we so so Blake and I ever. Blake and I went to Nine Marks at Nine twice twice both nights. Bro, that was one of the most encouraging things. Did you, really, and, you go to desserts with Mississippi Baptist Convention? Yes, we did briefly nice. before <laughs> dinner. <laughs> um, and Nine Marks at Nine. Some of the things that I heard that were really encouraging, aside from just the room full of people, you know, there were there were a thousand plus. I mean, at least maybe two. The room was very big and very full. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's um, a lot of people. people in this room. All and and I can tell you how every single one of those guys voted. Right. Mm-hmm. The um the reality is that you know one of the things that Dever said the end of the second night, which the second night was the state of the SBC, the first night was on the law amendment. Um, but the second night, one of the things he said was, "It's very interesting to me that the megachurch concept, like the people on the platform, are are not." They're not megachurch pastors anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that used to be how you got there, and now it does not seem that you think that's it was the a case. cultural fad. 
I think so. I, I do think that mega churches were a cultural fad. I think that they were at one point abnormalities that you know, like Spurgeon we very obviously had a mega church, but that was an abnormality. Mm-hmm. In 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 our day, it was a pursuit of mega church, and that's where I think pragmatism really was dominant. It's like how do we get as many people in the room as possible? Now I think that you're getting more of a good. I was say I remember growing up and like growing up in Memphis and like yeah. Bellevue was the flagship of like what the measure of success that's what you wanted to be and every other church was lower tier because right. you weren't as big as they were right. like in kirby woods you know baptist church and yeah you know, fruitful church you know what i'm saying you can yeah. measure all those things and i just always felt like the spirit of it was you were always comparing we're ranked to yeah you're always yeah. comparing to you know bellevue 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 and to me it doesn't seem like i don't know man it's just i mean i said bellevue's still huge i mean there's still mega churches but i just I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it this, doesn't seem like as it's as big or a prominent. I don't know if that's my own thought process. Like it's not a measuring stick. I don't think it's a fad as much as it's a product of a cultural moment, in the sense that it it kind of existed in this time where you could kind of gather a crowd around one person, but you kind of had to do it physically mm-hmm. because, like, mm, now we fair. live in a moment where people are building mega parachurches more or less mm-hmm. like around their around their personality but it's all online mm-hmm. but like adrian rogers i mean is is the reason we can say right that bellevue is as big as it is and was as big as it was and so like he was tied to a place and i think that the mega church movement kind of was made for this moment where families were looking for kind of a one-stop shop where they could get everything that they needed from the church and personalities are growing and uh, you know, like there's this kind of, I don't know, like this view of the church doing more than maybe it was designed to do. And Mm -hmm. the bigger the church, the more it could do that thing, those Mm -hmm. things for you. uh, And thus it became like the model of ministry. But, I think we're now in a moment where I I think we're reclaiming the model of ministry. That's like, I'm going to stick with a people and not just a people, but a place, Yeah. no matter how big or small it gets. Uh, because I even remember thinking, I told someone one time, like a long time ago before we were here, Like, man, I just really want to, like, I want a people and I want a place and I want to just like plant my life there. And that's, that's really what I want. And he was like, I mean, but what if God wants you? Yeah. It's always, um, yeah. What if God tells you to do something else and to move to another place? And I'm like, I just don't see, I I only see how that works. If it's like, my whole thing is tell me how God told you that. Yeah. Like you're pursuing it. Right. And so, um, and so I don't know. I think, I think there is a a definite shift in that kind of, and that's connected to the people, the normal people of the SBC making the decisions and, and being the voices that we hear. And I mean, even you're hearing all from all these committees and you look at these people who are chairing these committees that a lot of them aren't in these big churches. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in churches our size, Mm -hmm. which I think comes with, I think comes with like, I don't know, tangible value, right? That you've got like tenure, deep roots experience all in one place. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you're not moving. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I say this all the time. Nothing wrong with like changing jobs, you know. But Yeah, of course. But I think like you bring a level of stability, you know, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
instead of like looking at the measure of value is like how many people are listening to you on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that's. Yeah. But I mean, I'll, I'll just say like, I think, I think there's been a, a reclaiming of, of Baptist ecclesiology. I think there's been a reclamation of Baptist in general, full mm-hmm. disclosure. I think, I think the SBC and Baptist churches in general have been overrun by non-denom evangeli like just nobody really knows what we believe we just do what we think is right mm. um you know i mean like that's the refrain of judges everyone do it was right in their own eyes and i mean i, I and let me be honest i think there are people who do that with good intentions yeah. like they really want to do good but they they don't seek the scriptures and they don't actually understand their own positions they just go and do something right and i think I think what's taken place inside of the SBC over the past, I, you know, I, I couldn't give an actual date on it. But but again, I'm not even isolating that directly to SBC. I, I'm large, and even even the best Baptist I know, um, a lot of them don't understand why they hold the views that they do in regard to um, multiplicity of elders, a congregational rule. Like we, we regularly say we're elder led and congregationally ruled. Like the congregation confirms all major decisions. There's nothing that we do just like pull the trigger. Um, or even two, or even two offices instead of three offices. I mean, the, a large number of Baptist churches, this is one of my favorite things that happened at the convention. We clarified that no, there aren't three offices. There's two offices. There's pastors and there's deacons. And you can interchange what, you know, pastor, elder, shepherd, bishop, overseer. You can say whatever you want to there, but it, it remains two offices. And so, like, I think what you had over the last, over the last, I mean, really, you kind of have to go back to Mark Dever here. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's all on him, but I'm saying what he, he may be the one who gave everybody He's the gateway drug into good Baptist polity. <laughs> and so like you read you read Dever, you read Nine Marks, and I disagree with with Mark Dever on a number of issues. But in my like it, being handed nine marks of a healthy church sent me running down the the you know history of well, what does it mean to be a Baptist? Mm. And you know, the issue is we don't I, I don't want to be a Baptist because Bunyan was. I want to be a Baptist because I think that's what the apostles ultimately communicated. Mm-hmm. And so like, as I go back, my presupposition is we're going to conduct ourselves in this way because we believe that God's way is better than anything that we've come up with. And so what I've noticed is, you know, five years ago when Mercy Hill started and it was, hey, I want to have a multiplicity of elders, I would get half and half responses like, oh, well, you're not going to be like the guy. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be the guy. That's it's unhelpful. It's unhealthy. Like it's a dangerous perspective. Now, when I say that, I don't really get fifty fifty. I get okay. And either it's become so so much more normative that people don't you know snub their nose at it. But I mean, we do you think that has a reforming effect on yes churches uh, in um, healthy cooperation with one another? Yes, and it also influences church planting of new churches. It does. Birth is. Yeah, so that's what so that's what I was thinking about. I had a I had a friend text me this week and say, I mean, he was just being kind and and said, like, we need more men like this. And I said, and the Lord will use us. Mm-hmm. Like that's the whole premise. Like Mercy Hill Church exists, like in our church covenant, right? For the planting of like-minded churches. Mm-hmm. And and so like my 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 goal is to not just produce, not just care for this body. I want to care for this body. My plan, like like we've already mentioned, is to be here and do this do this for as long as the Lord permits me to do so. And, but at the very same time, we want to train other 
young men who are pursuing the pastorate so that they can go do the very same thing, which means mm. that there's going to be a proliferation of churches that have a healthy ecclesiology, mm. which the reason, you know, I think even going back to the nine marks at nine while we were there, there it went from, he said, five to 30, like in the first two years they did that. They had five people, they had 30 people. They did it just in a room, and now it's in a massive room full of a thousand plus people. <laughs> that is not solely Mark Dever. Right. That's the f- six men who started you know, 13 years ago, 15 years ago. And now what you have is you just gathering. Yeah. You just have men who are convinced of these things, who desire discipleship and desire to train younger men because they desire a healthy church, not just for where they are, but they desire a healthy church in goodness, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Memphis, wherever, because we believe that, that Christ is best honored in a, in in a church that's, that's molded after his prescription. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, that that type of zeal does propagate. Well, these things matter because, like you know, I've planted my you know what I'm saying, but my kids are going off other places, yeah. and it's like you care, especially when it becomes family, right? Right. To be like, I want my children and their children to have access to healthy churches, right? No mm-hmm. matter where they are, no yeah. matter where the Lord call them. And so, like I was telling, uh, um, I had a conversation yesterday, and and the question was like, why do you, why did you make this decision? And it wasn't, it was a decision we made together, but, you know, I said, you know, for me, like part of being a pastor is caring and protecting the flock of God, because I really want this church to outlive me. Mm. And if we don't protect and care for the flock in our lifetime, we shouldn't expect for it to be here after it. Mm. And, and so like my desire is really anchored in, I want, I want Rowan's children and Haddon's children to have a healthy church. I mean, even if it's not like, I wouldn't assume that it would be this one, just to be honest with you. I mean, life takes you different places. There are, you know, my grandchildren may be in all over, who knows? But nonetheless, in the midst of that, I want them to have a healthy church and a healthy model that they perceive. I hope my children would be dissatisfied with something lesser. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our younger, like like let's take our 10, 11, 12, 13-year-olds who grow up in this, and and see the love that that happens inside of the community. I mean, goodness, like they're gonna be they're gonna remember. Well, I sp- used to spend so much time with members of our church as a kid, and we loved that. I loved having an uncle who wasn't biological, mm-hmm. right? And they're gonna be like they're gonna be dissatisfied with anything lesser, and they're gonna know fake when they see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're gonna see the program or shallow like, or superficial. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, they're gonna be like, I see the program, but that's not real. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I know what real love looks like, and they'll be dissatisfied by anything mm-hmm. lesser. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I think that's one of the things that you're going to see. I think that that type of church actually does is it lives appropriately inside of its uh, actual arena. So, I think about it at more of an associational level, not a state, not a state, or even a, a national level. That that type of church has a lasting effect on the churches around them. Um, like Mercy Hill's reputation in this community and amongst other churches. I mean, sure that we have, we have other churches that may not like us a lot, but the reality is the vast majority of, of, of churches in our association looks at Mercy Hill as a healthy church. And some of them, some of them, uh, and, and this is not a, a toot your own horn moment, but some of them are even aiming to reform some of their own practices by the conduct of, of our church. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, within the first two years of Mercy Hill existing, I had, Three or four pastors from other congregations say, hey, we're trying to move to an elder-led model. How do we do it? Mm-hmm. And I, I still get those phone calls. Um, and, and so, Lord willing, 
you know, a um, a little, uh, you know, just just seeing it can be done mm-hmm. is a lot of times enough to say, all right, let's do it. Mm. All right. So in conclusion, somebody's got a Bible verse. What do you want it to be? What do you think the- we might as well do X2. It just sounds, I mean, like that's the conversation we just had. <laughs> I love Blake's face. Blake's cool. got Blake's got to go. Yeah. Oh no, we he he rescheduled on me until twelve fifteen, so I'm oh. I'm sitting pretty right now. All right, I got it. So in conclusion, Lawson has a Bible verse: Acts two forty two and following. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the prayer. Sorry, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow and Blake McCullough for the time spent today. Fellas, we're back. <laughs> the SBC is kind of back. You know what else is we'll coming let you back? Know next year. You know what else is coming back? Meet up Mercy, Mercy Hill, Hill in Mississippi. We'll be there July 15th, Saturday, Dude. noon. Home place pastors come on Mississippi. You know what they say. Is it weird to announce this on our podcast? You know what the idiom is. No, let them, let them come. Be there. Or be square. Or be square. <laughs> my brothers and my friends, Godspeed. We just had like a pin on a piece of yarn and people could just come in <laughs> and put stuff on and it and put stuff on it and be like, oh, what are we talking about today? It's on the board. Let's check it out. That way, I'm actually the people have fun. spoken. The people have spoken. Oh, that would be good to put one of those outside. Seriously. And Topic just, ideas. Yeah. Write them down. Just put them inside. Let them come in. Well, I mean, that's just kind of a sacred space. <laughs> it smells like. Stop Indian it. food. It doesn't smell. <laughs> my bag smells like leather. Cumin. Cumin. If it smells weird, it's because that was what the hotel smelled like. So I left it in the hotel the whole time we were in New Orleans. <laughs>